But I have enjoyed watching the Revenge Tour, and this is all of a sudden, in the way that the previous Auburn game was not a Revenge Tour game, it now most certainly is. It's going to be really interesting to see how we handle this game in particular with the stage we'll be on, with what is at stake against a team that we looked really not belonging on the field with just three weeks ago. Hey there, my name is Scott Duvall, and you're listening to episode 120 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. My co-hosts, Tony Waller and Will Eats, join me to break down the 2017 SEC Championship game. It's Georgia versus Auburn, the Deep South's oldest rivalry, and they meet again for the second time in three weeks at the new Mercedes-Benz Stadium, and the stakes could not be any higher. The Dogs are seeking their 15th conference championship and a spot in the college football playoff. An Auburn victory secures them their 13th conference title and a playoff spot as well. The series record between Georgia and Auburn is close, with Georgia holding a 57-56-8 overall advantage. The SEC championship, interestingly enough, will mark the first time in 59 years that the Dogs and Tigers have met at a neutral site. Many of those games in the past have taken place in Macon, Savannah, Columbus, Montgomery, and yes, Atlanta. Saturday will mark the 59th time that Georgia and Auburn have played at a neutral site, and you can probably have guessed correctly that those games were split pretty evenly with the Dogs holding an overall record of 27-26-5. So what all these numbers mean for this 123rd overall matchup? Nothing, other than this is the biggest of all of the previous matchups and providing some interesting talking points for this introduction. So we greatly appreciate you tuning us in. Let's just jump on into it. The Georgia-Auburn SEC Championship Preview Show starts now. Scott's drinking, y'all. Are you drinking? Am I allowed to? Okay, are we starting? Let's start. Let's start. Yes, you have to. Okay, let's start. 100% have to. It's Auburn. You didn't drink for Auburn. You have to. You're right, I didn't. So Scott is drinking. That's how we kick Cheers, off. Cheers, go dogs. Scott is drinking. This is a week for drinking. Two single eat. No e- so no eating, only drinking. It tastes it tastes really good. Yeah, I figured we'd just eat gummy bears tonight. <laughs> gummy bears and taffy. I don't know why you guys don't like my shucking oysters, my uh, eating oysters, slurperly wait, eating oysters. Wait, wait till we get to the baby corn. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so um, obviously uh, kind of a big week. So we should, are we gonna are we gonna post mortem the season at all? Or are we gonna wait? I guess we should wait and see what happens. No, I think it's okay to have a little moment of perspective. I mean, the regular season, yeah, eleven. Yeah, and reflect one. reflect back because this is an extra game. Yeah, there's uh, what, I mean, you twelve went, teams that aren't playing this game. Yes. This I mean, season? Scott went and listened to the preview a little bit. I did. Right, a hot second. Hot. Okay, so I, I was under the impression you had I, like I made had, notes. I had plans for. I mean, Scott made will made notes, but he threw them away promptly. I had plans to like revisit and take. Copious notes on what we said. The only thing I got in, which I, I was like, "Wow, Tony's on it." I was listening to, I you know, hit the fifteen second button like thirty times in a row. Were we eating during that podcast? We were not okay. eating. Let it go. We were wrong to be eating. We will not do it again. I didn't do it anyway. It was, it was Tony's you, fault. I, I ate a bunch. Yeah, it was Tony's fault because uh, last week you had those fresh pecans. Yeah, I had pecans. Yeah, they were delicious. They were real good. I hope you all enjoyed us eating it. Never mind. Um, I, I fast-forwarded, and you were talking about Texas A&M, and you're yeah. like, yeah, I see them having four or five losses. Someone's going to – he's got to do it this year You know, you know, if he wants to hang around. Very prophetic. Uh, I think they did have five losses. Yeah, I don't remember whether it's going we'll, to – we'll put chat on that, but that sounds right. Yeah, and then the other thing you talked about – you predicted Auburn to go undefeated and, and win the West. 
win the West and to play. You didn't say Georgia, but I think you were thinking Georgia because we didn't really come out. We were kind of I mean, uh, we had we were playing cloak and dagger with the maybe it's Florida, maybe for, it's Georgia. yeah because we did it the next week. For we what it's worth, our preseason predictions. You and I, Tony, had t- Georgia at ten and two, and you t- Scott, had them at eleven and one, 11, so right? Losing to Florida, right? Which would have all of us would have had. But I had them playing Auburn. Yes, and I had them playing Auburn. I had them playing Auburn. Yeah. Uh, before we, if we're doing some postmortem, before we get into the Georgia season, one thing that happened after uh, we did our post game wrap up podcast, <gasps> Tennessee that probably warrants mentioning. <laughs> did Tennessee uh, happen? Is what happened with Tennessee, regardless of the fact that you know we've talked in the past. I've talked in the past uh, about programs that think that they are better than they are in both football and basketball. Like this is a problem in Illinois, for example, in basketball, we think of ourselves as a top 10 program and we are actually probably a top 25 program. Yeah, that's right. And, um, for now until our top 10 program, until we ascend to our rightful place. And Tennessee is one of those programs that believes that they are greater than they are in every possible way. And listen, you can make an argument whether Shiano would have been a great coach for that team. I certainly think I can see many arguments against him, none of which have anything to do with Penn State, by the way. 100% agree. And, but that's the, I is, that a, is that a leap? Like a stretch? Like okay, a so, leap. so actually somebody sent me a text and asked me about this. So it is, it's essentially double hearsay from, not even from sworn testimony, from an interview McCreary did, Mike McCreary, who was the, the assistant coach that, that was the star witness for the prosecution, basically said that he heard that Tom Bradley heard that Greg Schiano said he saw stuff, right? It was double hearsay, uh, so completely unpresentable, un, uh, and that never came up in the case. Yes, Look, also, also Dan Wetzel from Yahoo Sports, who has been nobody. He's knows, been on it. Nobody yeah. knows this case better than Dan Wetzel, except for maybe the Daily Nittany Lion yeah, reporter yeah, that right. actually the one that got the Pulitzer. Yeah. Yes, uh, whose name I've sadly forgotten. Um, I was going to mention her, but yeah, I can't remember her name. She's great too. Um, but no, uh, Dan Wetzel wrote about how not only is it double hearsay, but. McQuarrie was an incredibly cooperative witness and was willing to work with investigators in every possible way. This Shiano's name never came up again outside of this double hearsay. And listen, an argument could be made, and I've I've heard people make this argument, that anyone that worked at Penn State at all during that entire time— is going to have to wear that forever. Uh, you, you you can make that argument. I don't know if I agree with it or I don't agree with it, but I do understand it. But the idea that Shiano, like the idea that people could defend Paterno and go after Shiano is insane. Look, we can discuss whether Shiano would have been a good fit for Tennessee. I don't think he would have been because they basically were trading one control freak for another control freak, and there are several other reasons yes. why. The Penn State thing wasn't. It was a ruse designed to get the fans riled up by somebody who— By someone who's very good at that. Who is extraordinarily good at that. Having said all of that, Tampa Bay has more money at stake than than Tennessee ever would in hiring Graciano, and they hired him five years ago. Ohio State has more money at stake. Whether you like to admit it or not, Tennessee fans, Ohio State has more money at stake in hiring them as offensive coordinator, and they hired him two years ago. Defense. Defensive coordinator. You're right. I'm sorry. My bad. Uh— but so it is, it's laughable. It's, it's sad. It's sad because now Shiano has to essentially relitigate stuff that he relitigated. He's litigated at least three times in his career. It, and, and that might be the fair part of having worked at Penn State. That's, that's sure. the price yeah. that a lot of people have to pay for having worked at Penn State under Joe Paterno. But the reality is, is that Curry 
badly bungled it for not at least knowing his fan base well enough to know that was going to happen. Or or at at least assuming there was going to be some pushback as as Shiano as a candidate. Um, because that said, I mean, like Tennessee wasn't getting Kelly. No, they're they not. Getting, no. They weren't getting in. Shiano's not a terrible hire He's from not. the optics. From the optics, it's not a terrible hire. Because they're going to end up David Cutcliffe. Yeah. And that is not, that's a step below Shiano. A 64-year-old, basically somebody you've passed over twice, who is your offensive coordinator, who got fired at Mississippi, who's basically the, the crown in there, the, really the crown in his, the, the jewel in his crown is a Peyton Manning, uh, Peyton Manning as a pro and a pretty, and a very good college very good, very good college career, and making Duke semi relevant in a in the weak side of the ACC. But I, I think to bring this back to Georgia because it's I don't want to spend too much time on this SEC podcast about Tennessee. This is a really good sign. We've talked about this in a couple of podcasts yeah. in the past. Kirby Smart in Georgia has made the rest of the SEC East insane. Yeah, like that. Like I mean, Dan Mullen's a good hire. Dan Mullen is a good hire. It remains to be seen whether or not his. I mean, there there are reasons why he's been passed over before. Will he bring uh, Third and Grantham with him? God, I hope so. All <laughs> right now, Manny Diaz has been so, rumored. Yeah. But I, I think I think if Diaz tells him no, and they're not going to Diaz least, is at Miami. He's in Miami. But if Diaz tells him no, yeah, he's bringing Thurman Grantham with him. Oh please, Lord, let that happen. <laughs> um, so you know, it's, it's it is interesting. It's a good point. You know, it looks like it looks like Missouri is going to stand pat. Yeah. Well, they should. Obviously, I mean, Kentucky's going to. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, Muller makes me a little nervous at Florida. I, I, you can see him building something there. He, he, he's a very good developer of talent. Yes, but I, I mean, to me, regardless of the, whether you not thought Shiano was a good coach for Tennessee or not, they are unquestionably worse off now than they were not only before they announced Shiano, but that time in between announcing Shiano and getting rid of Shiano. Because if you're getting Cutcliffe is maybe the guy, but like, why would you want to deal with any yeah. of these people? Well, why would you want anything to do with that program, with those fans, with that, with those kind of expectations? I like, I can't, um, what coach in his right mind, who's not at the end of his rope and just yeah. desperate mm-hmm. would take that job? None. And why would they? Well, I mean, Cutcliffe is their ceiling. Their floor is T Martin. Hmm. Yeah, and you can see T. Martin being kind of their their even lesser Brady Hoke, where it's like we need a Tennessee um, guy, and yeah, they're they're Dooley. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, man, I could be wrong. T. Martin could come in, and it could be a whole different thing. Let me tell you what, Southern Cal people would be having for him to go. You know, what, you know what it feels like is it a, a T. Martin I would feel like not to go to basketball, but uh, Kim Anderson. The yeah, that's right, that's right, that's right. Uh, yeah. Is they that's had, a great they gotten away from a lot of. People that went to Missouri and got away, and the fan base was getting really crazy. So they got someone that de- the one guy who desperately wanted the job, a Missouri and was, guy, yeah, and he was incompetent, and it set them back for years and years and years. Let's see, a Georgia program did that in the nineties. Do I remember that? Yeah, well, that sounds right. So enough with the, the point is to wrap up the season eleven and one. Really, you know, what's one weird thing that's funny is I thought this during the Georgia Tech game when it was briefly close. When it was when it was seventeen seven, uh, when it was seventeen seven. No, I mean we talked about this earlier. Yeah. But it was seventeen seven, and when they the almost fumble. fumbled the yeah. kickoff, yeah. like hey, this might get a little tight. It immediately stopped becoming tight. But it was another reminder: this team has played one close game all year, and that's strange, right? Regardless of what it means for the for the team, which is I think something we can talk about in the actual preview of the podcast. It's weird as a fan to like have 
one close game. Because last year was full of close games. It was games. full of close games. And if it's strange. Will, let me tell you some stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just odd to watch a team this closely and have hardly any close games. And not only have hardly any close games, but the one close game there was was week two. Yeah. Like it wasn't yeah. even, a, it was, it, before we even knew what was going on, before we knew what Notre Dame was, before we knew what Georgia is, we were almost just kind of overwhelmed with the fact that we were at Notre Dame. We almost didn't appreciate the one actual close game. And, and really, the one close game that you ended up winning, you could have scored 70 points against Missouri. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 70 points. Yeah. 70. The second yeah. closest I mean, The second closest game. I thought you meant the Notre Dame game. So I'm no, saying, at I, home. Think, I, think yeah. 40, I think 40 was the maximum on Notre Dame. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I think so. No, no. No, but um, you know that that Missouri first half. I mean, it was kind of touch yeah, and go. Yeah, I guess. I mean, so. Well, yeah, I, I, yeah. You're right. We well, did have I some text was, conversations. I think it was touch and go in, the, in a similar way that the Georgia Tech game was, in that like it's a little closer <laughs> early. Tech, we forget Tech was. I mean, at halftime, it was. That's what I'm saying. Close. If you go back and look, there were a lot of games that were close. Sure. I'm using air quotes. Yeah. Close at halftime, and never really fell out of hand. Yeah. The, the Missouri game South did. South Carolina did not feel. Like you were worried at all about no, Missouri. which was funny because South Carolina was actually a closer score than Missouri. Was. Yeah. Exactly, but there was never a time that you yeah. Were I mean, the Missouri game did feel like, what are we doing? Yeah, here? you were losing your mind. Yeah, well, I mean, losing your mind. Yeah, you were, you were pretty much all the time. Yeah, um, but briefly, and yeah. then off they yeah. went. Yes, they did go. Yeah. Off they went. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I mean, the cool part to me about what we saw this season is that for the first time, I can remember. Um, certainly since I moved back from Illinois, there was only one game, this is a Notre Dame game, that was even remotely heartburn-inducing. I mean, yeah, like the Auburn game was miserable. It was. But there, there came a point in the middle, middle end of the third quarter where it was just fate accompli, right? Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, this is, this is what's going to happen. And, and frankly, we haven't – I mean, we've had some of those. We had the Florida game last year, for example. But it wasn't – I mean, it was just one of those games where you knew how that was going relatively early in the game. But we've had, beyond that, we've had, what, 10 games where it was like, eh. Yeah, yeah that's what yeah, I mean. Exactly. Second closest you can game. Just, you can stretch. Second closest game by score was South Carolina, a game that never fell in doubt. Yeah. And the second closest game by Hartburn was, you're right, Missouri, which was only one quarter of Hartburn. Which is a lot of fun. Thank you, Kirby Smart. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. like, like, it's funny. I, I well, because think about what we did in 2015, all you uh, know, the hand-wringing, and then last year with the close win against Nichols. And yeah, even 12, the games in the 12, were, there were a lot of really nice games. Nichols last year? Yes. You yes. see? I mean, I, yes. I can't even remember. Um, so, you know, the, the the interesting thing about it, and this, probably, this might be a good lead into the SEC Championship, is that, you know, the, the thing we worried about coming into the season – is not at all the thing that turned out. It's like we were worried about, okay, can Eason take this game? Mm -hmm. Will Eason be able to make the step he needs to make? And then, of course, if you had told me... And we were worried about the offensive line. That was another thing we were worried about. Worried about the offensive line. But if you had told me in August that we would be 11-1 in the SEC championship game, oh, and also Jacob Eason is going to hurt his knee (laughs) in the second series series of the uh, App State game, and will not start another down. I would have told you, first off, you need to patent the stuff you're smoking. Yeah. <laughs> right. Second off, you need to go somewhere and sell it where it's legal because you're going to make a lot of money. Right. No, you want to sell where it's not illegal. You get a lot more money. <laughs> uh, that is true. That not I'm illegal. not advocating illegal activities. <laughs> just, just, I'm just saying, just pure economic wise. Um, yeah, and to me, you know, that's it's funny we talk about the close games thing. 
there's the old joke that people have asked me, like, what's your favorite game? Like, what's your favorite sporting event to go to? And it's when I go to a Cardinals game and this Cardinals score 10 runs in the first inning. Yeah. Like, that's my because, favorite game. Because then it's... Well, then I'm just, then hey, it's, then hey it's, look, we get to drink beer at a yeah. game we know we're going to win. Exactly. Then I'm just drinking. And there's no heartburn and there's no fear at all. And and I, and I it's it makes me feel not entirely unprepared for the... Not entirely prepared for the SEC Championship game. Because it feels... That's probably right. (laughs) I feel like I'm not... You've not been burned in the cauldrons a little bit. Um, And frankly, you know, this is something that Auburn... To think of what they've done... Actually, before we get to this, I actually want to ask you guys to reflect about the idea. This has been... The, this is the first SEC championship game in five years mm-hmm. that George has been to since I have moved to Athens. I've, mm-hmm. I've, since I even knew who either two of you human beings were. Yeah, we, we didn't meet till 13. That's correct. And, um, and so what does it mean to you, not only to be in the SEC championship game, to be in the first SEC championship game at the new building, to be against a rival? Like Alabama would be one thing. And I've been thinking a lot about when you said that, Tony, about how if – Georgia makes it this year and doesn't beat Alabama. They're always going to talk about how they didn't play Alabama. We'll see if it turns out that way, but I can see that being a thing, mm-hmm. um, a relatively minor thing, depending on how far theoretically Georgia would go in the playoff. But just to see this team in the SEC championship game again, how does it feel? Because I was, I was, I was, I watched the SEC championship game. I watched it with my wife, and I was clearly for Georgia, but I was not invested the way that I am now. What does it feel in the way that you guys have always been? How do you? How does this compare your feeling? Not about how the game's going to turn out, but the experience of being in the SEC, ch- ch- yeah, SEC championship game compare now as opposed to going into 2012. Okay, first off, I I, do, I stand by what I said about you kind of needing to beat Alabama, right? right? But this is the first time. This is the first time we've been in the SEC championship game where we played. Auburn, right? We haven't yep. played, played LSU, we Arkansas, played LSU, Arkansas, and Alabama. And Alabama yep. Right? Those are the only three teams we've played. Yep. Um, so, you know, the I guess the way I would view it is that um, being in the first in the new building is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gonna be fun being in there, but it doesn't matter to me. Right. That part that part doesn't add anything. What adds something to me um, is that there is an element of you know, Tired of everyone else getting to do it? Not, to, not. I guess there's I, the one I was going out with is there's an element of you know we oftentimes talk about and we think about Auburn as a uh, because we they're a natural West rival as a, kind of a co-equal right they are they're the program that is that probably most compares themselves to Alabama either as we do or after we do. Um, they take a different approach, but we also, and, and that's over the last eight years. Um, but they are also the program um, that, if you were to take out um, what f- the, the amazing run Florida had in the few years of success Tennessee had um, before Alabama got where they were, that would would have been the team that we were most likely. I mean, you know, look, we went to SEC East uh, with the Michael Johnson pass, right? We, um, I mean. We going up against Auburn has an element of specialness to it to me because they are a natural rival. This is the first time we have played them twice in one year. Twice in one year, <laughs> right? This is the first time we are twice, twice in three weeks. <laughs> twice in three weeks. Uh, this is the first time we have faced them 
uh, with so much on the line. Well, that's probably not true. All the eighty four, eighty four was probably pretty close. Um, and, but you know, we have been in a position where we can ruin their season. They've been in a position where they can ruin our season. But literally, the winner of this game will either be seated two, three, or four in all likelihood in the college football playoff. And the loser of this game is going to play what will amount to – and I'm going to be excited about if it's Georgia, it's just because it's, it's, it's our chance to play in the, the, the New Year's Six Bowl. But um, it's probably going to play Central Florida in the Chick-fil-A Bowl. <laughs> and that is I – mean, I guess it's probably the Orange Bowl for if it's Auburn, if it's Georgia. Georgia, yeah, Georgia I think I, it will almost certainly be Georgia-UCF. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Auburn, Auburn probably would yeah. play Florida. Uh, uh, that would be Oscar. kind of like the whole Georgia versus Hawaii Bowl. You know, it's kind of like, oh, we had a good season and we're playing Colt Well, Brennan. you know what another bummer about that game would be, theoretically, is that the coach is almost certainly going to be gone for that game because Scott Frost will is yeah, 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 clearly yeah, yeah. going to Nebraska. He's going to Nebraska. Which is always a bummer. I remember this happened with Cincinnati with Brian Kelly. Mm-hmm. They went undefeated that year and then he left yeah, and they before played the bowl game because they, they were this for close. Butch Jones? Yeah. Yeah. Take over. yeah, it's just a it's just a bummer that like not only are you sure you're playing in a New Year's Day bowl game, but you're playing a team that without its coach and therefore is in a very different spot. That's just a really long way for me to say it doesn't feel nearly as disappointing to play Auburn as I thought it would. Right, because I thought I thought you know I really want Alabama because if we're gonna if we're gonna prove we're that team we have to beat Alabama. Well, they and, they kind of pantsed Alabama over the weekend. They pants so. Alabama just like they pants us. Right, <laughs> I, I, you can make the argument that the Georgia Alabama and the Georgia I mean the Georgia Auburn game and the Alabama Auburn game were very very same similar game. games. Yeah. Same game. I mean they, because they were coming apart. A little turnover like difference for Auburn, yeah. but that's it. Yeah, and but you're right. Both Alabama and Georgia have made. Entirely out of character mistakes. Yep. 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 I, I mean, I couldn't, I was so stunned when the guy, when they made the bad snap once. Yep. But then they, not only did they make it twice in a row, they called a timeout in between those two plays and got a huge break. Oh, man. Uh, they, they, oh, I know. And they said they didn't capitalize. Yeah. How about you, Scott? I, I think it's, the, well, I mean, just to, to kind of dovetail what you're saying, I, I truly think that Auburn has one of the best home field advantages in the SEC. I don't like Auburn. I do, they're my most objectionable. However, there's something about Jordan-Hare, the noise, the craziness, the fact that they lucked into getting Alabama and Georgia the same year ever since A&M and Missouri rolled into the conference because they had to flip it. Thanks, Mike's live. Yeah. You know, and I don't know. Maybe maybe eventually they'll flip that back. But, um, but yeah, they get, they get a gift every other year. And guess what? They're good in those years. You know, or they, they get hot at the right time. Who would have thought that a eight and two team would be in the position they're in, and then they go and beat Georgia and Alabama? I mean, really, it's it's just it's nuts, and it's the way their schedule sets up. I'm not making excuses, but uh, to answer your initial question, um, maybe I am making excuses, but that's okay. It's our it's our podcast. I mean, the, the, I've been the, here's the thing. I'd rather make excuses about that than the excuses we were making in 2015 and even last year, just trying to make ourselves feel better. But I'm kind of similar to how Tony is. You know, I went in 02, I went in 03, I uh, saw a win and a loss. I wasn't there in 05, and then I, I, I couldn't get tickets in 12. So it just seems like a really long time coming. And it's, it's been 12 years since they won the SEC championship. And if you think back to the last time they were in Atlanta playing for the championship, 
there's been two Missouri teams and two <laughs> terrible Florida teams go, and it feels like, okay, we're finally back to it where does, we need to be. You know, it does feel like the first competitive SEC championship exactly. game in a while. Exactly. Like yeah, I'm sitting down on the way over here. Yeah. That this is the first time, this is the first is that, chance. Is that part of the notes that you left at your office? Yes, it probably It's crazy was. that Alabama and Missouri played each other in an SEC championship. Did they? I, I think Did I blocked they? that. It's, 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 it's Auburn crazy played that Missouri. Auburn played South Carolina. It's even crazier <laughs> to me that South Carolina played in two of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, did, South Carolina's played in two SEC championships. Yes, no. yes, to, yes. To go along with their one ACC championship in 69. The, the look on Scott's face is priceless. I wish I could bottle it. <laughs> I, I thought they, I, I knew they had played one. I didn't, I, I, it was yeah, in Lattimore yeah. was there. Yeah, I think they played two in a row, right? No, 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 no. Missouri played two in a row. Yeah. Okay, sorry, South sorry, South Carolina. I didn't mean, I didn't mean to raise you. My face was justified. Yes, gotta, yes, gotta, it gotta. does make more sense to Missouri. Yeah, you know, think, also, yeah Missouri lost. Uh, here, 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 here's the last few. Okay. okay. So we feel a little better. 12 was us. Uh, 2016, Alabama 54, Florida 16. It's not going to be that bad. 15, Alabama 29, Florida 15. There's a 14, Alabama 42, Missouri mm. 13. Yeah. 2013. This was a fun game. Yeah, remember Missouri was number five in the country. Yeah, Missouri was good, good that year. That was the year they beat. That was the year they beat Georgia here. Yeah. After, after with James Franklin, yeah. not the not the quarterback. Yeah. I mean, not the coach. Yes. The quarterback. The quarterback. And, and Michael Sam had like eight sacks that game. Yes, that was 59. Auburn 59. Missouri 42. And that was then, a crazy game. Uh, South Carolina had made it only once because then Georgia made it two years in a row. 2002, 2012, 2011. Lost both. And then South Carolina made it in 2010. So they didn't make it two, just not in a row. Okay, yeah. But here's the way to put it. The last time there's been two top six, we have another, the rankings have not come out. I think presumption is that Georgia's going to be six. six. At least six. Yeah. Last time there were two top six teams in this game. It's actually surprisingly 2013 because Missouri was number five yeah. in that game. Mm-hmm. Auburn was number three. 2012, Alabama two, Georgia three. Before that... Then there were one twos, Florida, Alabama. The two Florida Alabamas in a row, 2009, were both yeah. one two. Um, but Georgia has ne- the la- when Georgia has made it, other than 2012, they were 12th going into 2011. They were 13th going into 2005, mm-hmm. and they were five going into 2003, four going into 2002. Mm-hmm. So, well, you're telling me we played in the SEC championship game in 2011? I'm yeah, 2011. Yeah, they lost. Uh, yeah. Got killed by LSU, 40 yeah. to 10. Yeah. We I played back to back here. I remember that. Game. I forgot that. We played back to back. I totally forgot that. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I mean, in the last competitive game, well, I mean, you, I guess you can't. Wait, so Georgia, game. Georgia went in 02, 03, 05, uh-huh. 11, 12, 11, 11 and 12. 12. Yeah, with five times. So you, yeah. uh, the 11 one. Yeah. Was that Aaron Murray? Uh, 12 certainly was. No, I know 12 was. Um, was it well, Stafford? It had or to be. No, it had to be. It was Aaron it Murray. It could have been Joe Cox. Yeah. No, Joe Cox was 10. 10, yeah. Again, this is before. I think you're wrong. I think I'm wrong well, about the then year. Wikipedia is wrong. Yeah, like literally. Like, I'm well, it also that. says that Georgia owns, you know, Neyland Stadium. Yeah. Well, we do. 2011, LSU 42. Georgia. Yeah, that happened. That game happened. All right. All right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, because because uh, uh, Honey Badger was MVP. Like, yeah, that's, that's right. okay. That yeah. yeah, we were we were uh, we hadn't. I got it. LSU did not even have a first down in the first half. Yeah, that was the game was relatively. <laughs> but yet Georgia close. didn't capitalize on all the opportunities, yeah. and then they boat raced them. With the punt return, now it's yeah. all coming back. Yeah. When you said Honey Badger, yeah. 
That's Scott start trembling. And yeah. one thing that's exciting for me, we, again, we've talked too much uh, all season about the Alabamaization of Georgia. But one thing that would be really nice would be in three or four years to be like, I oh, remember how excited we were that first time. Yeah. We made the SC yeah. championship game for five that's years. That's how we felt in 05 because we were thinking back to 02 and how great it was and how raucous it was when DeCorey Bryant went and blocked that punt against Arkansas. The, the roof exploded off. Yeah. And, you Can't know, confirm. It, I was in the very last row of the Georgia Dome. <laughs> no, we were way up there. No, yeah. I mean, literally, my dad and I sat with our backs on the wall. Oh, okay. <laughs> I had worse really seats were. at that game than I did at the gold medal basketball game in 96. So, speaking of, the Georgia Dome's no longer there. No longer there. Gone. Blown Gone. up. Blown up. Blown Gone up. Gone up. Um, way of progress, much the, like the, um, some other stuff. And that's kind of what I mean, is that... To this so you're kind of, saying this is a dawning of a new era. It certainly feels... Of all the things that happened this season... Winning the SEC East actually feels like one of the minor ones. Like, it's obviously a big deal. Obviously a big deal. You're in the SEC championship game. But, like, for example, if Georgia would have lost that Notre Dame game, mm-hmm. but still would have, and would have lost to Auburn, mm-hmm. the way that you and Tony yeah, and I predicted yeah, the season yeah. would go, we would be like, guys, whatever. We're not going to the playoffs. Out, but we won the SEC. See, yeah. I would argue that would not feel like missed opportunities. It'd be a bummer. It's but because it would have happened so early in the season. We'd have been made our piece. We'd have been, yeah. 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 And yeah. and that, but you won the SEC East. We're like guys, we're in the like we're back. Let's this keep Auburn out of it. You yeah, know, or even if it's just the start of the okay. This is the stepping stone. This is what we've talked about. The, the, like think about how much this program has changed since the last game that was as big as this one that Georgia has played, mm-hmm. which I think is unquestionably the Alabama game from two yeah. years ago. Yeah, how, how much that game changed everything. Mm-hmm. And there's not been a game like just across the board. We all remember how dark that day was, and how diff- and how miserable everybody was, and that moment that I wrote about in my column about where everybody stood up at once and said, "Screw this, I'm getting out of here." And I was like, "Oh, now I know what being a Georgia fan is like." Mm-hmm. That moment changed everything. It ended it for Mark Richt. I think it's clear that wasn't even that bad of a season, and he was gone after that game. After 15, yeah, and. This is now the biggest game since then. This is the point that, they, that the whole reason that move was made, the whole feeling that everybody had in that Alabama game of, we're never going to get there. We're never going to get there. This was the game. We're fa- still to this day is the last time that Alabama wasn't favored in a game was, uh, was that game. That was what it was all building to, and everybody got broken. Now we're at this point, and one thing I would argue is, if we can get into the details of this game, I'm sure we will in a moment, but... It doesn't feel like that Alabama game where if it, this goes wrong for Georgia and it goes exactly like the last Auburn-Georgia game, which I, for the record, I don't think it will. But if it goes exactly like the Auburn-Georgia game, everyone will be bummed. Everyone will be sad leaving the game. But it won't feel like we're broken. It will feel like this is going on the upward swing. Well, if we lose 14-17, yeah, I think people will think that. Well, people will be sad. But, no, I think people think we're broken. But really, yeah, I don't know. Come on. So here's here. Auburn just wasted. Well, you Alabama. can't. You can't. Nobody lose. wastes Alabama. The, When's the last time Alabama got wasted? The, Ever. Utah. The, what? <laughs> the reason why we felt broken after that Bama game was the way we lost. Yeah, it was so. You, know, it you, was get, so you get blown out. It you was, get you, you know, it's like the Auburn game this year. Two. Yeah, two you have, ago. We were like, all right. You go through the first four stages during the game. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, you know, one of the things I think, and it's interesting that you bring that up in the context of 2012, after what happened in Pittsburgh this week, yes. um, I think it's safe to say that the thing that I feel most comfortable with, um, I'll just put it this way, 
I love Mark Richt. Yeah. Um, I was surprised at how cathartic it felt mm-hmm. to see that game happen. Yep. I mean, and, and I don't. The, the, when he switched the quarterbacks, it, it, was, just, it was like, like a twist. I, I had to call. I called Doctor Goldstein, and we had a few moments to talk <laughs> during the uh, game. Yes. <laughs> um, so look, you know, and I and I'm not. Look, I love Mark Rick. I really love Mark Rick. And please understand when I say this, I mean, I mean nothing about his legacy at Georgia, which I think he put us in the situation where we can be where we are now. But having said that. It was really cathartic to see that happen because it, at least for this year, at least for the past 12 games, it wasn't Georgia. <laughs> it wasn't Georgia-ing. It wasn't being Georgia. It wasn't pulling a Georgia. No, that particular Thespis went to Miami with Mark Richt. Did that, did that naked bootleg that they ran feel like uh, when the fake punt versus West Virginia? It did to me. I mean, when, just, they, when they tricked him on that naked bootleg. God. Yes. Right. Yes. I mean, use your analogy. I saw you at the tailgate for the Georgia Tech game, Tony. And please use the analogy that you gave me if you can remember it from that time. It was pretty. We started early. Okay. You were at a bar. Oh, my God. Yes. No, I wish I could take credit for this. Actually, Doug Gillette tweeted this to me. So uh, if you don't follow Doug Gillette, he's kind of amazing. Um, So Doug Gillette, I I, I quoted something about how exciting it was. It was like how good it felt. He said, he said, it is like going to a bar and seeing your ex-significant other at the bar having exactly the same argument with their new person as they always had with you. And you're sitting over there having your drink thinking like, this is not my problem. <laughs> yeah. So you don't have to beat that anymore. No, yeah. no. That's the way I felt. You know That's what? The way I, felt. I still might because unnecessary censorship is quite funny as Jimmy Kimmel has <laughs> proven over the years. So okay, now we're off a little off a little off topic. I agree. I, I think that's that's a good point to have, and I think this is the larger point of th- th- that's the question about this game. Does it become? I would argue, regardless of the results of this game, <clears throat> this has not only been a successful season. This has been a stepping stone to even better things in the future. Yes, yes, and. I would make that argument. In fact, I would make the argument that if Georgia goes on to win the national championship this year, we'll all talk about how it was a year early. We weren't even ready for this yet. This was a 15, like 15, 16 going into the season year. Uh-huh. The thing, if we're, if we're in five years talking about the fifth straight SEC championship game, they'll yeah. be like, wow, the first year we weren't even expecting that to happen that year. Yeah. And so I think that, that was, is why no matter what happens on Saturday – I feel, you know, it would be a bummer to play a coachless, obviously without an interim, coachless US, UCF team in the Peach Bowl. It's still I don't think an you, awesome I, thing. I don't think when you, get, um, when you get some distance, you can be too disappointed in what the season, no matter what happens Saturday, you can be too disappointed in what the season yielded because I think even the most wildly optimistic among us, um, and by, by us, I mean reasonable Georgia fans, would have thought an appearance in the SEC championship game and a shot at the college football playoff. Whether you get in or not. Win and you're in. Win and you're in, right? But a shot at it was as much as much as we could reasonably hope for. I mean, yes, there were those among us who would have dreamed, Scott, uh, that, we would, that we would win the SEC championship game in August and be in the college football playoff. Um, but you know, I, I think it's fair to say that if you had – look, if you told me, Tony, we were 11-1 going in the SEC championship, even though we got blown out by Auburn – it was a it was a being most generous to Auburn. Mm-hmm. It was a great performance where Georgia certainly didn't perform up to the to what they were capable of. 
and with still a shot to go in the college football playoff, I would say I'll take that. Yeah. I'll take it today on November 28th. I'm certainly happy to, that that's the case. So, well, let's let's get into the actual game. Nick and Grit. Wait, did they have to play? Breakdown. Nick and Grit. I wanted to kind of. Kick off 4 o'clock. Yeah. 4 o'clock. Yeah, 4 o'clock, which I like. I Perfect like how, time. Perfect I'm, time. I'm glad it's not 8 o'clock. Perfect I'm glad time. ACC can do that. So, since Tony Tony left all of his notes at home, so I had to kind of <laughs> and I never take notes. And so will, so I'm just I scribbled some notes, some some stats of interest or anything like that. Everybody knows that the SEC championship game began in what year? Will um, two thousand the first SEC championship game? Uh, let me think really hard and I say nineteen ninety two. There you go, nineteen ninety two. So uh, so yeah, so you remember who played in it? And yes. where? Let me think really hard again <laughs> for a second. Hmm. I'm going to guess it was at, oh, didn't they, they, I remember they played at like a Legion Field. At the Gray then. Lady. That's right. Uh, I think, I remember it being vaguely like Alabama, Florida. Does I think that they sound played right? that for like the first five years. The first four, four, three now. years were Alabama, Florida. Yes, that's what it was. Yes. He says from Wikipedia, Florida was the first five years of the SEC. That Championship. sounds right. They I mean, that would tell you the, the stranglehold five. C. Spurrier had on the SEC yeah. East. He won four of the first five. So, Tennessee Bros, it wasn't as great as you remembered. Yes. So, if Auburn wins, they will tie the all-time series record of 57-57-8. Oh, forgot about that part. Georgia, has, Georgia still maintains a lead on the all-time record. Okay, here's something of interest that I looked up because I was curious about it. Since Georgia and Auburn have the South's oldest, longest-playing rivalry, I was sitting there thinking they, they can't have been just played in Athens. Walford and Furman were like a word, but Auburn, yeah, whatever. Auburn time. Yeah, they actually tweeted about that. Yes, yeah, they I did. That. I saw that. <laughs> okay. Um, so there there have been some other places that Georgia Auburn have been played. Okay. Um, the last time, or I'll ask you as a question, a trivia question. When was the last time this game was not played on campus? I'm going to go with 52. 1952. 1952. 74. It was 1958. Okay. They played Columbus? in Columbus, Georgia. Because okay. they used to always play at Columbus Memorial Stadium. Yeah. Which, side note, I played a high school football game in Columbus well, Memorial Stadium. Still, I mean, you dressed out. Is it still up? <laughs> I played. <laughs> I played against Jordan High School in Columbus. Uh, and funny, they wear the same uniforms as Alabama. So I, I played for a little single-A GAC and we went down there, and Jordan was AAA, and I thought we were playing Bear Bryant's, you know, because, I mean, I was 17 and small. Um, but that's neither here nor there. But, yeah, Columbus Memorial is a real thing, and it is kind of a cool throwback of a stadium. The Wait, last, is it still standing? Yeah. Oh, I got to go see it's it. It's down near uh, the Civic Center. Oh, okay. So kind of, kind of been – because, see, Will, Will's wife and my wife both grew up in Columbus. I got married in Columbus. I did, so, too. Yeah, so, I did, too. So right. there's, there's the uh, – the six degrees of separation between I'm embarrassed the two of us. to say I did not know about this football stadium. I remember when we finished that game, I vowed to my dad that I would never come back to the city. So um, <laughs> then, then I ended up then, yeah, getting married, married there. Huh. Okay, um, Where did you get married, by the way? Uh, St. James or Timothy or Mark or Michael? Or we got St. married at the museum. Oh, well, yeah, we were at a... St. Museum doesn't sound like a real thing. Yeah, we, we, got, we got a pagan wedding. Okay. Yeah, we were, it was the... She even kept her name, or godless creatures. If, if, if anybody, Alexa? If anybody's from, yeah, I was going to make oh, careful, to careful the the thing's going to turn on. <laughs> I have it. I have an Alexa. Alexa, oh, right. sorry, yeah. my wife's name is Alexa. Alexa, what's Will's wife's name? Yeah, yeah. I guess you get Google, Hello Google, or Okay Google. Just, her, my wife's face contorts. 
contorts into a mask of rage. She's like, of all the names they had to uh, pick. She thought it was going to like fade. She thought it was going to go away. Yeah. Okay, sorry. We got you in the yeah, game. Okay. Sorry. Um, okay. Uh, yes, you're right. It was, it was in Columbus, Georgia. So the last time <clears throat> that this game was played in Atlanta. Uh, 39. 36. 14. Oh, yeah. 19. 19-14? 19-14. Yeah, it was a 0-0 tie. I think they played at Piedmont Park. That sounds fun. Oh, wow. Yeah, way back then. So um, this is the seventh SEC championship game that is a rematch from a regular season game. Okay. Can you tell me out of the six previous matchups, how many times that the team that didn't win the regular season matchup won the SEC championship game? Okay, let's see. I'm going to say two. Did not win? Two did not. Two won. So basically, I'm asking, two. when When was there a reversal? A reversal? Yeah, I'm saying there were two reversals. Let's see. Georgia didn't do it against LSU. I'm going to go five and one. Five reversals? No, one reversal. One re- there has only been one reversal. Okay. It was LSU and 01 beating Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah, okay. So uh, and ticket prices are going for about four sixty on StubHub for the cheapest che- the, to get in prices about four. By the way, which is more than all the rest of the championship games combined. Yeah, there we go. So by the way, if you want to go to the Pac ten cha- Pac twelve championship games, nineteen dollars. Yeah, I think they'll let you play actually. If you want to <laughs> actually come in, only for Stanford though. Yeah, they'll let you play if and, you can get in the school there. And I touched on this earlier, but I really think this is going to be a tough matchup, and we'll make our predictions, but. I credited Auburn and their home field advantage because it's just something out of the twilight zone, especially when they're playing at, at night. And, yes, a 3.30 game there is night because they live in central time zone and it gets dark at 4 o'clock in Alabama. <laughs> so it's like night right after they kick off those CBS games. But as you saw, their fan support is quite voracious. I think that's a $5 word. Mm-hmm. Um, so much so that they just basically destroyed – their own hedges. They have some privet hedges along their stadium. I think we get you've got plenty of screenshots on Twitter after that. They got a two hundred fifty thousand dollar fine for rushing the field, and it's kind of like a when when I went to the Georgia Georgia Tech game this past weekend. One of the guys I was going with was a Pike at Georgia Tech, and he was like, "Hey, let's go through the house." And the fraternity house reminded me of how Jordan Hare looked after the aftermath of the <clears throat> storm of the field. It's like the the fans at Auburn treat their field. Like those guys in the fraternity house waiting for the pledges to clean it up, not caring that they just destroy their own property. And it's a blessing that we're not playing in Auburn again because of how poorly they treat their own field. (laughs) Yeah. That's just my high horse. I hate seeing that. I don't see other teams do that to destroy their own stadiums. And, um, you know, good, good for Auburn fans. Game details. Probably time to get into the nit and the grit, I think. Uh, what do we know about the Auburn running back situation during that little stretch where they had two of their top dudes? Carry on Johnson's the big one. Obviously, um, but like the backup literally got hurt two plays later. I mean, we're recording this on Monday night. I won't do this to Scott because this is very important. We're, we are recording this on Monday night, which means. There's no way of knowing Carryon Johnson's going to play. Right and now. why would they tell you anyway? They're not going to tell us either way. But I mean, my guess is is that he will play. My guess is, is that if they try to put thirty attempts on him, like they tried to do against Alabama, and then, uh, eventually what, we're going to eat his lunch, and that's yeah. going to turn out bad for. It's going to turn out bad for the kid, right. and it's going to turn out bad for Auburn. If you remember, that was the main storyline during Auburn Georgia's <clears throat> last game. Was, yeah, I think Georgia's whole plan 
was to have their five running backs. Against their one, yeah. Against their one. And arguably, Georgia stuck with that plan longer than they should have. But that was the plan. Yeah. And I don't think Karen Johnson... It's funny, that when you watched that play, you thought, that dude's done. Like, that dude's done. I thought altogether. it was his leg. And it was. It turned out to be a shoulder. All right. I, I, but we all thought... But it's this right shoulder. Yeah, anytime you do Which is the shoulder he leads with. It's rare that you see someone that doesn't have a knee injury do what he did, which was the wave off... Don't 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 hit me! Don't you, you? Something bad happened. Yeah, and 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 which I, I kind of appreciate. Even the ferocious jerks at Alabama were like, "Cool, let's not destroy him here." Um, oh, we're gonna hit you a little bit, bro. Yeah, we're hit you a little <laughs> bit, but but like when you saw him wave him off, it felt like he was really lucky to get a fumble call. Yeah, well, yeah, and it, it could have been like that's the thing is it looked like a season-ending injury, and it could still be like he didn't come back. There's, it's worth noting that everything we've learned, he didn't come back in the game, everything we've learned is like, oh, no, he's fine, he's fine, he's fine, he's fine, is the type of thing that someone might say as a bit of a gamesmanship. Or is he? Yes, exactly. I mean, and then Martin comes in and tweaks his ankle. No, like, yeah, within, two, within plays two plays, yeah. Exact play. Uh, here's the thing about Auburn's offense. With or without on Johnson, they are going to try to do the same thing, right? And we can, this can lead us neatly into actually the game. Their game plan is to run 80 plays. They want to be 35 to 40 passes. They want to be 35 or 40 runs. In a perfect world, they are going to pass early to make you get off balance, and then they're going to turn around and run the crap out of the ball in the second half. Nothing fancy, although they will a lot of misdirection. They, they will do a ton of misdirection. Nothing fancy. They're just going to hand the ball off. And whether they have Cam Martin, whether they have on Johnson, Cam Petway's not coming back, or some random guy that they do, they, who, who they pull off the bench, that's what they're going to try to do. Now, the real question I have is random back X, is he as much a difference maker as Carrion Johnson? No. However, the thing that Auburn, I thought, did really well against Alabama <clears throat> was Stidham not only throwing, but running. Like he is, he's not a running quarterback, but he is the type of quarterback that also, frankly, has caused Georgia some trouble. Mm-hmm. The idea that like they're really good at containing, we saw this against Georgia Tech, they're really good at containing when they have a quarterback who is not, they're not allotting for him to run, but he's capable of running, that's been a problem. And that's kind of been the surprising thing about Alabama through this entire run is that quarterbacks who can sneak out and pick up yardage on the run have always hurt them. Right, those are the teams they lose to. Whether they win or lose, those teams right. that hurt them. Um, what was really surprising is how often Auburn, I mean Alabama, fell for it. Yeah. I mean they just really, really they fell really for looked, it. They looked. They looked just discombobulated. They really did. It was shockingly discombobulated. Do you think playing Auburn three weeks ago, playing Tech this past week, Tech's you know they run the triple option. However, a lot of it has to do with sleight of hand. Let the line push to the right and then send the back to the left. You think that just the repetition, the fact they've been seeing this will pay dividends? I'm glad you asked that because that's exactly what I was thinking on the way over here, is that Georgia did something that I was afraid of based on what we saw in Auburn against Tech that I was really happy that we did, and that is we contained the edge, and we, we basically kept Tech from imposing their will. So Tech's offense is predicated on getting you moving in the wrong direction and guessing wrong about where the pitch is going. And Auburn did that 
a bunch with us. It's not with a pitch always. It's sometimes with a pass. It's sometimes with a bump outside with a, a quick, fast, a quick big back. But it's the same principle. That if you don't set the edge, you don't contain the edge, and you don't basically extend the play to the sideline, they're going to kill you. That's what Camp Petway did with us. I'm sorry. Carry on. Johnson, Johnson did with us a lot in the second half of that game. And that is, it's not the reason we lost. It's the reason we lost 40 to 17. Yeah. So I'm glad you brought that up because I think having Natrez Patrick back was a huge difference maker in the George Tech game. Because remember against, against uh, Kentucky, they moved the ball decently. Not great, but decently. Obviously, Auburn did great with moving the ball. But Patrick back as a starter was a little bit of a difference maker. They got 64 yards in the second half. 64 yards. In 40 of the 54 of those yards came on one drive. So if we are able to contain the edge, if we're able to set the edge and contain the edge, and look, that doesn't mean that we stop every play that goes on the edge, but it does mean every play that goes to the edge, they have to go out wider than they want. So if we do that, we're putting ourselves in a situation where we can contain their running game, and we put the we put the game back into Stidham's hands. You know, one thing, Scott, that I thought you brought up a pretty good point is just how I've never been. The, I've never been the Jordan Hare, uh, but I, from all accounts, it appears to be a lunatic asylum when it's really going. It gets really crazy, and it's worth noting that two of the we would argue this season, obviously Alabama, even farther back, the most tightly coached. Well coached, well constructed, very organized teams in college football this year, Alabama and Georgia, both had entirely out of character games against Auburn this year. <laughs> Auburn played very well against both of them, and I know it would argue they didn't deserve to win both games. But Alabama and Georgia both made huge mistakes in those games that they've not made in any other game this year. In Alabama, you could argue they've not made in any other game in the last two or three years. Is that related to the stadium? Is that related to it being a home game? It's certainly strange. It's enough of a hypothesis. It's to... certainly strange that Auburn and that Georgia and Alabama had one game all year that they didn't even play, regardless of the fact what Auburn did to them, didn't even play slightly the way that they played in any other fashion. Like, I mean, remember, the problem with the, the Georgia-Auburn game when you watched it was not just that, wow, Auburn's really good. And Carrion Johnson's really good. It's like, what in the heck is going on? There's things that we just didn't see at all, all season. Fumbles and dumb penalties. Stupid. Remember, that's the Sony Michelle penalty, penalty uh, personal foul game. Like, things you never saw all year happened that game. I would argue reasonable hypothesis would be, well, Auburn is in a crazy spot right now, and they had these two games at home late in the year, right as they were peaking, I don't know what percentage fan base is going to be. We talked about how it was 60-40 at Georgia Tech for Georgia. This feels, even with Auburn doing well, that allotting for the corporate crowd that'll be at a game like this, I would suspect there'd be more Georgia fans than Auburn fans. Is that a fair assessment? Do you I think? think it's going to be right down the middle. Yeah, it's going to be close. I mean, there probably would be a preponderance of Georgia fans. Yeah. And so... Not, I don't... 60-40 seems a lot. Oh, I agree. I, mean, I don't think it's 60-40, but it's not... Auburn. No, it's it's not. And it's certainly not ninety ten. Exactly. And well, that's... you know, it, but the other thing <laughs> to build off your questioning of maybe why they came unglued was that all of their other road games, including Jacksonville, there were the crowd was at least forty percent. So it was almost like a splash of water in their face. Like, wait a minute, we don't have a, a 
we don't have yeah. a cheering section yeah. That's here. That's a and, great point. Yeah. yeah, all of the road games this year have been Georgia fans. Exactly. <laughs> like yeah. even Notre Dame yeah. was a like. It's funny that Georgia gets so much credit for winning at Notre Dame when I mean Notre Dame fans will tell you how many Georgia fans were at that game. That is an excellent point. That was the first time there was like, holy, yeah. wow, everybody hates us here. Mm-hmm. And for a team that is still relatively young and did have a freshman quarterback and has all of these things, you can see that turning it one way or the other. And for what it's worth, whether it's 55, 45, one direction or the other, it's going to be mostly down the middle. Yeah. I was just looking to see the games that they lost. They lost at Clemson, Death Valley. Which is a crazy place to play. They lost <laughs> at LSU. Death Valley. Death Valley. A crazy place to play. Yeah. And they were up by 20, and they just came unglued in the second half. I mean, they just <laughs> <laughs> There's no other way to put it. I mean, it just did. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. and that's the thing. You brought up the first preview of the Georgia-Auburn game is that sometimes if you let Gus get in his way you know, and, and start yeah. getting crazy yeah. with his offensive play calling, he can really almost deconstruct <clears throat> his own team. Yeah, and that's that's exactly right. I mean, think about the Georgia Auburn game. His involvement in calling the offense was essentially, don't throw it again, don't throw it again. After the touch, after the long pass play late in the fourth quarter, he was basically like, don't throw it again. He stayed out of his way, huh? He stayed out of his own way. He stayed out of his own way. But yeah. then he, he made really up did. for it with his other quote that's probably plastered all up in the locker room about how they beat the dog <laughs> out of him. Yes, that's. Pretty right. Yeah. Pretty right. So. Which is also accurate. No, it was. It was. Very accurate. Well, you know, like, look, look, I said, I said at the time, it's like, you know what? You, you beat somebody that way, you get to call timeouts. Absolutely. You, you get to challenge spots on fourth down. When and you're you don't 30. anticipate playing them again in three weeks. <laughs> well, well, I mean, yeah. this, this goes back to the whole, the other subplot of this whole fun season, which is, has been the revenge, revenge tour. tour. That's it's right. The revenge tour. And, <laughs> and it's funny because, and to be fair, the most revenge tour has been against teams that were terrible. So it's been very easy to exact revenge on them. But I have enjoyed watching the revenge tour. And this is all of a sudden, in the way that the previous Auburn game was not a revenge tour game, right. it now most certainly is. And we've spent a lot of the season talking about how a lot of these games are check marks or tests mm-hmm. for the coaching staff to pass. And they have. With the exception of being number one and playing from in the front, uh, they have done a really great job. And I would posit to say that for a second-year coach mm-hmm. going on the road in that environment, while I do not at all like how we reacted to it, it's look, if it keeps happening, yeah, it's going to be yeah. the same. I'm going to feel the same way I did about Mark Rick. Look, I love what you've done, but come on, guys. But having said all of that, it's going to be really interesting to see how we handle – this game in particular, with the stage we'll be on, with what is at stake against a team that we looked really not belonging on the field with just three weeks ago. And we talk about tests. Let's not forget, Georgia Tech was a nice test that was passed. Yes. Like that is not yes. only a rivalry game where they're, all, they're amped as much as they can get amped up for anything. They're amped up for... Uh, is a total trap game with the big game coming up against a team with a weird offense. That yeah, just, there were a lot of people picking Tech yes. in that game because it was a quote-unquote trap game. And now it just feels completely stupid because yeah. they were completely ready in every possible way, yeah. even to the point that once they were blowing them out, no one seemed very excited about it. That is another test that was passed. But, man, I mean, this brings up the larger thing. <clears throat> is we, we discussed before, is this, the big, what, is this the biggest game since 12, right? This is the All biggest right, game. Yeah. Easy. Before that, what's the biggest game? Uh, Sometime in 07. 
I would probably say the 05 SEC Championship. Maybe. And, and the thing is, in that 05 SEC Championship with uh, Shockley at quarterback, yeah. we just threw bomb, just dropping bombs on Sean yeah. Bailey. I mean, yeah. we were that game was over pretty quickly. Yeah, probably, you know, probably 07, maybe. Yeah. So, but it's certainly 05, 07. Yeah, that's a great point, but here we are. And we are to the point of the season where. You know everything we talked about all the season about hoping for. We can actually talk about those things now, and, and not if. Well, if it comes to this, we'll talk about it. Yeah, because just four weeks ago, five weeks ago, you were you were. I refused to talk about like it. Earmuffs the entire. No, time. I wouldn't. No, we don't talk about it, guys. We win. We're playing the Sugar Bowl, of the Rose Bowl. <laughs> Period. <laughs> like, like Full stop. In the college football playoff. We're in the college football playoff, and it is funny because it was. I have to get another drink. Yeah, this is another thing that we discussed when with the with Rick. Was, I have to have some Maker's Mark. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Good. I didn't want any. Tony was asking me if I wanted any more. I'm like, no, I'm good. No, that you can have good, that. man. That stuff yeah, is we are, making yeah. me. By the that way. stuff is making me slur my words. For the, I'm drinking Maker's Mark because that's what I need before. For the yeah. SEC championship game, we have Maker's Mark bourbon. We have Larceny. And then we have something called Green Spot Which that my father-in-law This stuff is here. good, man. By the way, that's a really, really good Irish whiskey. Props to your father-in-law. I am pleased with his decision-making process. Yes. My father-in-law brought me some of the uh, Oak Stave uh, Oak, Oak Stave Maker's Martin Special Reserve. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying my, my father-in-law is pretty good at this. My, my father-in-law, I had a cranberry and vodka with him one time. <laughs> um, so... <clears throat> He's a member at where it is? Uh, Shinnecock, yes. Um, when he came to Rick, the whole idea of Rick was he couldn't get to that top level. I have a friend uh, named Mac who lives in my neighborhood. He's an Auburn guy. And his argument, great dude. Oh, yeah. And like his argument that he's always said, he's like, Georgia fans are crazy. He lives in Athens. And he's like, Georgia fans are crazy because not only have they not made it to the mountaintop, they have watched all of their rivals make it to the mountaintop. Now the mountain in any reasonable person's lifetime. Yes, yes, and the mountaintop until four years ago was winning a championship or being in that situation. Yeah, but in the last four years, now there's a bracket, now there's a tournament, now there's a thing you get into. I would argue that if Rick would have, because we were able to look at 2012 and say, oh, he would have made the national championship game, and oh, they would have killed Notre Dame, and all that sort of stuff. But now we're talking about simply making the playoff. Making the playoff, it's not the ultimate mountaintop. No one's really ever going to be satisfied until Georgia wins a national championship. However, this is no longer watching Auburn do it. No longer watching Florida do it. No longer watching Alabama do it every, every year. This would be Georgia in quite likely the only SEC representative oh, sure. in the college football playoff. For them to actually be in the college football playoff, this is what they wanted from Rick. Like, this is why Rick was gone. This is why Kirby is here. The whole point is to get not just winning the SEC East, but getting to this level. There's one game for them to do it, and that's, to me, that so much of the arc of what we've talked about in this podcast and the shocked day after podcast from the Rick firing and the excitement for the Alabama game and, look, guys, let's do a podcast. This will be fun. Let's see what happens. Let's talk about Georgia football. Yeah. <laughs> so much has been building to this game in particular. And it doesn't mean it's all over, just like we're going to keep doing the podcast if they, if they lose this game. But this is why people get excited about football is literally this game on Saturday. 
Tony just took a big drink. <laughs> um, so Do you want to make predictions? Well, I, I, I think we should mention that the fun office pool is still going. Mm-hmm. And we have, Are we, we going to make picks tonight? Yeah, I think we should uh, quickly roll through. Uh, and I do have we have some questions via Twitter. I'm yeah. wondering when the best time to answer because these involve the game. So let's let's so. do the questions. Yes. Then let's do quickly do picks and then finish and then we'll with Georgia. Finish with reviews. the big call for the yeah. Look, yeah. Wait, let's hold reviews and can we hold reviews? Let's until, hold reviews. Let's hold reviews. I'm this sorry. The, you, the look on your face tells me that's not what you want. This to do. is the big show. Okay. This is the big show. I'm like, fine with yeah. that. Yeah, and we have, we have at least one show, like a mid December show, yeah. before we do the whatever our bowl game preview yeah. is. Sounds good. Yes. Yep. I and agree. And when I'm like, hey, Mark Fox is doing big stuff over at Stegman. I can when cut you, you guys off. Are like and shut me off, and then you can do that. Um, sir, I will not shut you off. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, whatever St. Mary's. He's doing big huge things. wins. Yeah, okay. Whatever St. Mary's, but yes. All right. So um, we had some questions from a couple people uh, when I posted. I had it <laughs> so that's pulled. A, that's a weird Twitter handle. I know. I had it, I had it pulled. Okay. So Parrish Walton yep. asked, since I'm not an X's and O's guys, could someone give me hope? As to how UGA can move the ball against Auburn, I actually responded to that tweet last night because yeah, when, I, when I saw it, I like Paris is a really good follow. He, I'm he, really glad he is, I, I get yeah. that follow. That's a good follow. So the, the one I responded to him, and this will get into my preview in a few minutes. It's like I think we have to do better in rushing the edge, and we have to be less committed to trying to do stuff up the middle, and we need better line play. That makes sense to me, Shan. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna say they're at mentions in case anybody'd like to follow these people. So Parrish is at Parrish Walton. Mm -hmm. Shan, who is a frequent tweeter to our show, is at T N R L M. Don't know (laughs) what that means. Uh, He asked, other than improved line play, duh, what's the single most important factor that would lead to a dog's win or at least a more competitive game? Thoughts, Will. We can I, repeat that last part of the question. What's the single most important factor that would lead to a dog's win or at least a more competitive game? At least a more competitive game. Don't freak out and make dumb penalties. It would be competitive. I, I think that's the thing is this game should be competitive. Like yes. the only way this game isn't competitive is if somebody freaks out. Yeah, and I think that's, I think that's probably right. Uh, the one thing I'm going to add to that is the coaching staff cannot crawl up in a shell and think we can't get – we, we can't put it all in line here. I mean, this was the thing, right, in, in the Georgia game last time, was they had the plan. It's the one thing we haven't seen a lot of this year. They had their one plan that they won't deviate from. Right. That game felt like a game they had a plan. Mm-hmm. Our five running backs against their one uh-huh. running back. And when things went wrong, they didn't deviate from it. Look, Remember, let's not forget the end of that first half. That was terrible. That was so frustrating. That's why I was so excited about the, the, even the field goal yeah. against, against Georgia Tech. Right, right. Because it looked like they had practiced that and thought, you know what, this is what we're going to do here, and we're going to do this thing, and we have a decision tree, and they followed it. Yeah, and which in the entirely opposite way that they did in the Auburn game. Last yes, time. and we're, we're going to run the ball up the middle and see what happens. And I feel more confident in this coaching staff to having learned their mistake. Yeah, and get yeah. Right this time. So uh, Daniel Hobbs at Hobbs is me. Uh, wants to know, finally watching the Georgia Tech game on replay, how was the opening kickoff not a safety? Yeah, that's an excellent question. <laughs> um, it was I, think, very, I think I read somewhere that he waved like to shield his eyes, and the refs interpreted that as a fair catch. Here's the thing. You can't use a fair catch as a safety mechanism because if he waves a fair catch— they should have thrown a flag. They should have thrown a flag for, yeah. for, for delay game. Yeah, for trying to— 
the only, the only thing I can say is that uh, Al Ford, Bobby Gaston, Penn Wagers. Yeah, Bobby Gaston's names on Tech Stadium. True story. In that game, watching it live, as you guys were all were, mm-hmm. I thought that I assumed. No, I wasn't. I was in line because yeah, I couldn't get in. I assumed the replay K-Pod. was okay. Is it on the one or is it a safety? Yeah. To learn that it was a touchback was pretty shocking. Yeah, that was that was a, an incredibly shocking play. Yeah. But as as Seth Everson pointed out, it gave Rodrigo Blankenship Tony's favorite record, most yeah, touchbacks in a season. Favorite play that was literally the I mean the he play would, he that got him three more. Yes, whatever. but that was the play that got him the record. The weirdest possible. I'd have taken the safety. Yeah. Your favorite play cost us a safety. Oh, my 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 son loves safeties. A safety at the start of the game would have been like the most. He would have been made so happy. Yeah, yeah. It's my wife's favorite play. The safety. <laughs> All kinds of things have been awesome. All right, so Slaw Dog, at The Real Slaw Dog, that's a great Twitter handle, um, wants to know, what's your favorite memory of beating Auburn? And when we win this Saturday, will it beat that memory? I assume the second question has to be yes. Yes, Um, I think so. I have a shorter thing than you guys do, but I actually like last year's. Let's not forget last year's Auburn game when, yeah. they, when they won. This is a team that we were very frustrated with and had gotten kind of. If you remember, if you would go back and listen to our post game Georgia Tech last year after that bad loss, the thing that was frustrating about that game is everything was moving up last year. That Auburn win was a very nice win after some very frustrating losses. And Georgia Tech was a game they pretty much had won and then fell apart in the fourth quarter. And I didn't want people to lose sight that things were, after the frustration midseason, things were actually pointing up as evidenced by that Auburn game. Like Auburn was actually a good team last year that was above Georgia, and Georgia kind of handled them. So I kind of liked that game. It actually gave me probably more faith than I should have had going into this year's Georgia-Auburn game. They would be closer because uh, that was just a nice, casual, friendly little win last year that I think because there had been such disappointment early in the year, Almost Georgia fans didn't appreciate that win that they had over Auburn last year, but it was a nice win. You know, back in the midnight, maybe it was the early 2000s, or maybe it was the late 90s, um, we had a middle linebacker that was similar to Roquan Smith, and his name was Odell Thurman. Tony, you remember Odell Thurman? He picked off yes. a pass on, the, on our one-yard line, or two-yard line, where Auburn's going. I don't remember exactly. I, we won the game, but it was, it was tight. And it might have been Ben Leard throwing it or Daniel Cobb or something or Jason Campbell, but he picked that pass <laughs> and it wasn't a clean pick. He kind of juggled it a couple yeah, times in it, traffic yeah. and then literally ran a four three five all the way to the end zone <laughs> and the place came unglued. So that was my favorite. Maybe Trey Battle, his three picks down at Jordan Hare, but I, the Odell Thurman pick, I mean, that place just went bonkers. Number 33, never lived up to his potential in the NFL. Great football player. Probably Roquan Smith's probably the best middle linebacker since then. Since him, yeah. My favorite thing about said? my favorite thing about Roquan Smith in the Georgia Tech game, he he almost he basically all of his tackles were him landing on the guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They were like, no, 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 don't hit me anymore, bro. <laughs> yeah, it was actually really we're fun. good, we're good. <laughs> so uh, my favorite memory has to be 1986, my first game at Jordan Hare between the hoses. We went in there. It's like I don't know, huge underdog, mediocre team that year. Auburn was. Destined for the SEC championship, and we we walk out with a twenty to sixteen win, and they turn the hoses on the fans, and that was it was amazing. 
Amazing. Mm-hmm. And Y'all probably acted with more decorum than Auburn fans last week in their own stadium. Yeah, I think that's that's fair. Um, so the answer to the other part of the question is, I don't know. I hope we find out. <laughs> At Tlanta underscore Sean says prediction. Um, we're going to get there, Sean. We're going to get to that. We're going to get there. Um, slow, your roll, like slow your roll, he, Sean. He added a, uh, a gif of uh, Mr. T. And he, uh, he, I guess, included his, where he, Mr. T's saying pain. Yes. So I thought that was clever. Um, well, that's Clever Lane predicting pain. Clever Lane, yeah. Uh, Lee Mun- Munger. Munger. I like him. He's a, he's a, he's a good, he's he's a good, good responder. Yeah. At Southern underscore Shepherd, what will make the biggest difference from last game, playing in a neutral environment or Carrion Johnson being dinged up? I would argue we don't know where Carry On is. Yeah. I think the neutral environment goes back to my, my earlier neutral, I agree. I agree neutral with that. site. Um, Patrick Yagi. I know Patrick Yagi. Patrick Yagi's a good dude. Are you following along? I, ju- I just looked at it now. So that's, what that's, I mean. why, uh, that's what I mean. You're following along. I started following Jennifer Armour on my own Twitter, by the way. She's, yes. she's fun. Yes, yes. Generation she's fun. X. Yeah, she's, Absolutely. she's a social media editor for one of the TV know. stations out yeah, in Yeah, I never Zanier. understand social media. I don't understand social media editors. They do important work. I just don't understand it. I'm so I'm at, an old journalist. I'm very confused by them. Oh, and Jim Woods just like it. Something. Yes, I love it. <laughs> um, so at Yagi. Slayton, S L A T I N. Athens dude who just moved to Arizona and is probably very much missing being. Patrick, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he wants to know the most crucial personnel matchup on the line. The biggest mismatch on the line, possibly the same question. Could be. Over under on officiating complaint references. I can't read. Over under by. Over under. first drinking a little bit, man. Over, uh, over under on He's officiating been wearing his pants on his head for references the last by broadcast. I'm going to read that one again. Okay. Over under it. on officiating complaint references by the broadcast crew. 2.5. Two and a hook. That sounds good. That sounds about right. How about the line? What do you think about the line? Um, it feels like the biggest mismatch again is going to be on the right side with Andrew Thomas as a freshman. Uh, they've yeah, been Cleveland. Cleveland's been playing. At, at guard. Well. At guard. Right guard. Um, and look, Andrew Thomas has played a fan. He's played fantastic as a freshman. I mean, he's playing fantastically. Otherwise, is Nick um, Fairley just dressed up as an Auburn player again? Is that I don't know. Did, did somebody get their knee blown out? And yes. So that that I think that's where it is again on the right side. Oh, here we go. Last question from Jim Wood, just from twenty seconds ago. I'll go ahead and toss this one in. Has Scott brought up the Navy uniforms yet? I haven't seen them. That's right. Let's not. We're not talking about uniforms right now. We're in serious business. Is that going to go in that week podcast yeah. that we're going to talk mm-hmm. about? All sure. The Let's go there. We're going serious. Let's go there. I, well, Jim, I am going to. I am going to look at them. Yeah, but not right now. Of so course, you're going to look at. Let's them. do so now. It's the fun office pools. Fun office pools. No reviews. Fun office pools, and then we're going to. Uh, we're making you wait for the big prediction. We're making you wait. But uh, and we're so, making. Oh, I, I do have some trivia. You know how in the in during this year I've been. We are having... so excited. Can you tell how excited we are for this SC championship game? I'm assuming we're at like four hours now. And no, I don't know. no, no, no. no, no. Like savings time. It's only yeah. two hours. Yeah, I'm having yeah. a blast. Man. Yeah, we're at a. I minute, can talk about this game all day. An hour and yeah. fifteen. So I've been I've been kind of asking you all these trivia questions week by week of uh, active win streaks because they change. Mm-hmm. Goodness knows they and change. And Miami's is over. Missouri Miami's is over. What? So this uh, the site that I'm on lists the top seven teams that have the active longest active win streak. So can you name number one or number two? 
Um, Central Florida. That's yeah. they're number two. Okay, number Central Florida's number one. No, C- Central I mean Florida has two? Wisconsin. Central Florida, Wisconsin got to be. Wisconsin has the longest at thirteen. Central Florida has a uh, the second longest at eleven. Eleven. Can you tell me by themselves who has the third longest active winning streak in the country? Oh my god, eight in a row. Eight in a row. Hmm. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Memphis. They are. They've won seven in a row. Okay, they're behind this team. That's close. I was going to guess uh, Missouri, but they got to be no, below Memphis. Missouri is seventh. They have won wow. six in a row. Missouri has them, the man. seventh active Good longest them, win streak. Man. So yeah, the third um, longest active win streak. He probably could be a decent hire for Tennessee. Uh, Cutcliffe at Duke? No, he's somewhere down there, like in obscure Florida. My man, Lane Kiffin. <laughs> Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin. Kiffin. By the way, Bro. by the way, if Lane Kiffin ends up back at Tennessee, the internet's going to break. It, I mean, it's going to be bigger than a. Uh, it's going to be bigger than a champagne flute on Kim Kardashian's ass. It, seriously, it's going to be huge. For the record, as much as I've tried, you can't break the internet. I want it to break so badly. I want it to break, and it won't break. You know who's tied for Memphis with the longest? How many games? Northwestern. Seven in a row. Seven in a row. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And for what it's worth, Georgia has the seventh largest average margin of victory. Okay. It's only been two games. 21.8 per game. So, anyway, that's that. So, front office pools, and then let's do the big prediction. Nope. Somebody's got to be at work in the morning. Oh, wait a minute. That's just me. Nope. I, I work. I didn't say you don't work, but you walk downstairs. I walk downstairs. And you work, Will. I got to get the kids to school very early. Yeah, I drive by I drive by your school when you're walking kids to school. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's fine. I get to walk the kids to school. It's, it's amazing. Fine. All right. Stanford at Southern California. And is that a home, like a legit home game? No, that's Levi's Stadium. It's a terrible stadium. It's, uh, I have to pick Southern Cal. That stadium sucks. They're favored by three and a half. Bryce Love looked pretty good. Yeah. The other night. I still have to pick Southern Cal. I find, I've seen some people trying to make the argument that Southern Cal can get into the playoff. I think everything needs to fall apart for that to happen. Well, I mean, if you look at their losses, their losses aren't as bad as Ohio State's, but they also don't have quite the wins Ohio State has. I mean, look, I, I posed the question, the hypothetical day. It's like, look, we're going to talk about Ohio State and – why not talk about Georgia in with two losses? Right. And like, well, the conference championships, like, okay. So if conference championships mean that much, it's that how do Ohio State, Ohio State get in last year? But uh, Jerry Hinnon, who is a, our rep- uh, Auburn reporter, basically made the point. It's like, Ohio State has two top ten wins. Yeah. So, and, and I'm fine with that, right? I just this, am. Is, this is the Alabama argument, right? The, this is the problem with <clears throat> Alabama is their schedule's trash. They have no, like, trash. and, and, and I, had, I made that, I actually had that argument with, with our friend Matt Adair today. Yeah. It's like, look, yeah, I understand it's just one loss, but if Wisconsin wins the, if Wisconsin wins the Big Ten, they're in. If they lose, no chance they're in because their, right. their schedule's trash. And Alabama's schedule's pretty trashy. Well, this is the problem with Florida State being terrible. Like they've thought they can't having, help that though. Yeah, I know they can't. Same but, with UCF, they yeah, can't help it. Right, and because I think the idea Alabama was trying to get Florida State. I mean, if you told me that Alabama Alabama would not make the playoff because of their poor schedule when they started <laughs> their season with Florida State on a neutral field is kind of amazing. By the way, a lot of people are mad about where UCF lands in the, in the rankings, and and they should be higher than fourteen. But like, well, if they played Georgia Tech, blah blah blah. No, if they played Georgia Tech, they might be tenth. Yeah, at best. All right. I just I don't see a way. Here's a question: Who's in? Two loss Ohio State or one loss Alabama? 
Ohio State. Ohio State. As a conference champ. As a conference champ. Ohio I'm going to bet they choose Alabama. Maybe. I, th- I don't think they should. And it may not even come to that. Remember, I still have my nightmare scenario. Well, remember, I still have my nightmare no, scenario. No, 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 don't bring it up. No, but, but. but Tony, you're right, because even though Ohio State lost by like 87 points to Iowa, they've had a couple more bigger wins, even though they've got the two losses. They lost to Oklahoma. At home. At home. And they Which, lost to Iowa. Look, so, okay, so wait a minute. I'm saying they had a big win. Who Who is their big win? Ohio uh, State? Yeah, somebody. Penn State. Um, Oklahoma. No, they lost Oklahoma. Penn State. So they beat Indiana. Penn State, Michigan, dude. Um, so Penn State, Michigan, and Wisconsin. I mean, and this like, is this is the love. Yeah, well, they yeah. beat they beat they beat Wisconsin. You know, if they beat Wisconsin, you know, if they beat Wisconsin, they're in. Just like we're in. You if think they Ohio beat State? Oh, I don't think. I'm not certain Ohio State's in if they beat Wisconsin. The, their schedule's not as good as I thought it was. Hundred percent. There's no way it's hundred percent because you've got. We're gonna get to these games in a second, but let's say Clemson wins, Oklahoma wins. Uh huh. Um, Georgia, Georgia, Auburn, Auburn, Georgia Auburn's in. It can't be a hundred percent because I can't. Think, I don't think you can guarantee that Ohio State's above Alabama in that scenario. I just don't. I don't think you can guarantee. I'm not sure you can guarantee that Ohio State is not above is above Southern Cal. Yeah, I think they're probably above Southern Cal. I th- I personally think they should be above Alabama, but the presumption that they are above Alabama, I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. All right. Well, what do we think about Memphis versus UCF? A crazy great game. That yeah. will be a high score. But did you see UCF USF? That game was awesome. That was, it was amazing. amazing. <laughs> that game was awesome. It was a lot of fun yeah. Friday afternoon. It was. This while was Pitt was beating Miami. Yes, that was also fun. Um, one thing I will say, I always feel bad. There's another reason I want them to go to eight. Uh, my my colleague Matt Brown at Sports on Earth. Uh, the other, there are two Matt Browns that cover college football right. on the internet, right. which is always confusing for both of them. But my friend Matt Brown wrote a thing of, of, last year, the art, how a perfect eight-game playoff would be constructed, and it would solve the problem that drives me the most crazy about college football, <clears throat> which is it is literally the only sport on the planet where you can win every game on your schedule and not even get the opportunity to play for a championship. There is no other sport on the planet other than college football. That happened to Auburn a couple years ago. I'm fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bad example. But the idea that every team that you play, you beat, and you still don't even get the chance to be called the best, it's why I'm actually rooting for Memphis in that game, because I hate that problem. It bothers me that that problem is there. It's why I was rooting for South Florida in that awesome game. Poor Quentin Flowers, by the way. Had an amazing game, does everything right, and then they run a freaking kickoff for a right. touchdown. That was, that was so, a thought experiment. Yes. Eight teams. Who's in? Eight teams for this year. Right. Uh, under the idea, that under Matt's scenario, the reason I brought that up is if you have eight teams... The power, the you group just of pick, five, con- yeah, you just pick conference. Whoever wins, no, but whoever wins the group of five gets, gets it, gets it, even if they're a two loss team. It, whoever you get one team, for, it, it helps those teams, okay? Like, I think it's a smart play to do it. Whoever is, it's never gonna have two losses, there's never gonna be a two loss team from not the group, of, the, the non BCS teams, the yeah. Central Florida. Yeah, you give one spot in the eight, no matter what. Probably as long the as they're at a certain level, because if they just suck royally, but see, they once can't you start it. doing that, then you're never going to let them in. Yeah, no, but, no. but but see, I mean, I, I mean, I can see situations where they'd have two losses, right? I mean, BYU and 
What year we played? I mean, not, not BYU. In the MAC or someone that's going to be under. There's always somebody that's that, that's undefeated or has, has maybe one loss. I, I'm not arguing they can. So I'm just right. arguing how you pick that team. Well, you pick this team the same way you pick that team for the group of six bulls right now. So you pick the undefeated team over. Let's say Boise State loses to. They lose to Georgia. They lose one game in conference, but still win the whack. But they play a much tougher schedule versus. Toledo that plays literally nobody. I don't know the answer to that question, but okay. I do know that you're giving an opportunity to one okay. of those All teams right. that you're not All giving right. to right now. So you've got the five conference champions. I think it's hard to argue that they're not. Sure. In. Let's they're get that. In. So uh, Two at-larges. Yeah. Two at-larges in that, that scenario. I think Alabama's in. No question. Would Georgia or Ohio State be in? If Ohio State, well, if Georgia beats, the real question is if Georgia or Wisconsin be in. Because, yeah, I guess that's right. Yeah. Georgia or Wisconsin. Uh, because if Wisconsin win, they'd be in. And if, if Ohio State lost, they'd be out. Right. Because they have three losses. Yeah. The real question would be would, be a two, would a two loss Georgia or a one loss or a two loss Miami get in? Or would a two loss, would a TCU sneak in if they were to beat Oklahoma oh. or if Oklahoma were to get well, in? Well, no, they, they're conference champ. Yeah. Yeah, so they're in. So if yeah. they win, so Oklahoma, do they think that spot from Georgia? Interesting. That's interesting. So, anyway. so who do you got, Memphis or UCF? I'm, I'm wary of UCF after that South Florida game. I'm actually picking Memphis. I'm with Memphis. I, I'm going to go with uh, the undefeated season. I think Scott Frost is going to do it before he heads out to Nebraska. God, that would be a bummer if Georgia plays UCF. Right. Oh. <laughs> right. It's happened before. <laughs> I'd be okay with the game. It's yeah. just that the coach oh, I'll, would be going. Oh, I'll go. Yeah. 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 TCU at Oklahoma or or somewhere. Where are they playing? Jerry World? Probably. Where are they playing? Right I next door to TCU. Yeah, I mean, it's next door to Fort Worth. It is worth noting that the Big 12 wanted their championship game so badly because they were left out last year. And, and right, they're screwing their and teams. They're totally, like if TCU wins this game, they're losing a spot in the playoff yep. that they would have had if they had not had a Big 12 championship. So are you picking TCU because of that? No, Oklahoma's going to win. Boomer Summer. Yeah, they are going to win. Uh, Georgia Southern at Coastal Carolina. I threw that in there because Southern's won two games in a row after starting out 0-9. Mm-hmm. Um Hand Coastal Carolina's two and nine. Oh, by the way, uh, they took the interim tag off for whoever that guy down there is there. This also, re- there. This also reminds me that if anyone uh, wants to sneak in at 2 o'clock at the old Turner Field, Idaho is playing Georgia State. I almost put if that game wanna, in. If you want to catch a quarter before heading over to I almost put that game on here, but I, I thought, that. you know, we, we <laughs> only need seven or eight games. I can't imagine what the environment at that game is going to be like at, like, Five o'clock. <laughs> Give me Southern. Give me Southern. Yeah, I'll take Southern as I'll well. I'll take Southern, sure. Uh, all right, Mark Rick to mm-hmm. Dabo Swinney. I, there's the argument for Were they my, playing that? Charlotte? Charlotte. Charlotte, yeah. That's where game day is this week. Yeah. and I'm fine with them. Uh, yeah, I'm, yeah. Yeah, whatever. I mean, you could send them to SEC Championship game every week. They, every they, and they have. Yeah. Um, the argument for Miami in this game is every big game they have arrived for this year, and this is obviously a very big game. The argument against that is Clemson is Clemson lost one game this year, and their quarterback was hurt, and everything went weird, and everything fell against them at the right time. I think Clemson is probably going to be the number one seed in the playoff. I think it's probably a very they're going to be number one. People will hear this afterwards, but they'll be number one seed in the rankings. I bet. I think. I think Clemson takes care of it. Scott, is this game at Carrier Dome? <laughs> if only. No. Give me Clemson in a bunch. Yeah. 
Y'all, y'all taking Clemson? I'm taking. Yes. I, I think the turnover Woo, chain is going to be you. out good in force. You. And I think that good we, this time next week, we're going to be talking about apocalyptic matchup. Georgia, Georgia and Miami. Miami in the playoffs. Oh, we haven't talked. We're not making predictions. No, nah, Scott, Scott just did. I just did. Well, that's, I'm not fun. ready even to even talk about that. I can't, can't breathe. We want to take we have to pause this. It's a very, him, very real possibility. It is. And that, that is, that would be quite a thing. Amazing. That would be live show fodder. <laughs> but, um, but that might um, be like a three show a week yeah. type. What time's that game? It's at eight, right? It's late. Yeah, it's it late. Eight late. I have to say, I think Clemson's going to kill him. I'm sad yeah, to say, I think Clemson's going to kill him. Uh, no. All right, Ohio State at Wisconsin. Wow. It's funny, I've been so... Where they sc- play the Indy? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've been so skeptical. Is Soldier Field this year? No, I think it's Indy. I, I think know. I'm pretty sure it's Indy. But we Chad, can- check that. Yeah. It's <laughs> on Fox. They do a great job of uh, broadcasting football games. Mm-hmm. They have uh, Gus Johnson, who screams without actually knowing anything about the teams that are playing. I'm a Gus Johnson skeptic, as you might be. So, do you think screen. you think Wisconsin? It's just gonna, Yeah, it's in it. Yeah. It looks all okay. Wisconsin's going to put him to bed and put this whole. Like, it's funny. I've been very suspicious of Wisconsin all year since they only beat Illinois twenty-four to ten. Like, if you can't beat Illinois <laughs> by like forty-five to three, like with this year's team. Um, so I've been very skeptical since then, but the last couple of weeks they've really been coming on. They stopped Minnesota. They, they really didn't up. have they any trouble. Yeah, they had no trouble with Michigan. Ohio State has all <clears throat> what that Ohio State Barrett thing was weird. That feels like something Urban Meyer should have like waited till next week to talk about, it's or a, should like it's wait a until Urban's like, I'm going to find that. Guy. It's a yeah. big deal, and we won't forget it. Yeah, like maybe wait until you have a little <sighs> bit more information until you start talking about that. <sighs> I, I'm picking Wisconsin in this game. I am too. Order the sad pizza. <laughs> Give me Wisconsin. I can't believe I'm picking Ohio State to lose three times in a year. Bucky Badger. All right, are you all ready? Auburn is favored by two and a half. Oof, that that feels right. That feels right. Who wants to go first? Who wants to go first? Should we draw straws? No, you've already, go you've for already it, Scott. made your yeah, pick, you Scott. Can, go ahead, you, Scott. You've already, you've already given up your pick, so you go ahead. Well, I think that... Um, you know, the last game was just over so quickly. I, I really would, looking back, it's safe to say it was over uh, when they capitalized on DeAndre Walker's um, personal foul on the punt, and then they scored the touchdown immediately with that amazing catch. And you just kind of knew that things were not going to go its way. I had to send my nine-year-old outside because he, he was talking to the TV every single play. And it was kind of like I tweeted to Will, and Tony, I think I, I think I texted both of y'all that, you know, back in the day I had children, small children, and when George would have these rough seasons back in 2010 and 09 and, you know, some tough losses in like 11 and 12, it was like, that's okay because I'm a father and, you know, that's the most important thing. And I go home and my kids look at me like, Dad, do you want to play Legos with me or trains or something? Now, now they're older. Their game's on. Yeah. I have an 11-year-old and a 9-year-old who – lose their mind and know just about more of the players that are playing in their stats than I do. So I can't escape it now. Um, so having said all that, I think I predicted that Georgia would beat Auburn twice this year. And I, I made the comment how it's hard to beat a team twice. And it is. But I thought Georgia was going to do it. So I don't know what the score is going to be. I totally whiffed on the score last week. I said it was going to be a nail-biter, 20-13, to 13, Georgia winning over Tech. Someone at this table. Someone at this table. So I don't, says a blowout. I, don't, I don't care what the score is. I, I want I this game 
I want this game really bad. I would love for it to be like the 05 championship game. You know, maybe like a nice, you know, 50-yard bomb to Mikol Hardeman, just two steps on the defender, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be a great game. It's going to be one of those games that uh, people that are not invested in it really enjoy watching. And uh, I think George is going to pull it out in the end. Let's say uh, 34-27. I'll go. I'll go. But I want to make sure you're locked in on your pick before I talk. Don't waffle. I want to give you a moment. In fact, I want you to write it down. I'm locked in. You're locked in. I want you to write it down. I want you to write it down. Um, Because I've been thinking about it because Tony and I, have. uh, we're both just excited for the podcast. How we even walking in weren't quite sure where we were landing on this one. My thought is I find myself remember what Auburn did to Alabama. I found almost, if not, I found it even more shocking of what they did to Georgia. I did not anticipate. I thought they might. My fear about, about whether Alabama was going to get this, my ongoing fear of whether Alabama gets in over Georgia, even if they do win this game, was always based on the idea that Alabama was going to be closer against Auburn than Georgia was against Auburn in a road game. And while the score was closer, I don't think anyone would argue that game was any more or less definitive than Georgia. And Auburn <laughs> wiped out Georgia. They wiped out Alabama. And so to see Alabama wiped out like that, like we've seen Georgia get wiped out before. I don't remember seeing Alabama get wiped out that way. So my first inclination is to go that direction. And I find myself, the more and more I think about it, persuaded by not just the Jordan-Hare factor, but the florid nature of kind of Auburn's crazy quest. Like with the, with the LSU loss, with, uh, with the Clemson loss earlier, you're in a spot where just win these two games and you can have whatever you want. They're at home. It's all set up for you. And they're totally set for those games. They have everything. Like Alabama and Georgia are coming into environments they've not dealt with all year. And they're both coached by kind of control freaks who have a very clear plan. And when things go awry, things kind of get away from them. It's hard to imagine a situation in this game where the crowd turns the way that it did in Auburn and Georgia starts getting antsy and starts getting shaky the way that it got at Auburn. And as much as we can talk about how Auburn played better than Georgia in that game, the reason that was a blowout and the reason things got away from everybody, and let's not forget, Fromm looked really good at the end of that game. That last little drive was a nice little drive. He was cool in the way the rest of his team was not cool. I am persuaded and ultimately convinced that in this environment, Georgia is in the right place. I am picking Georgia 31 to 28 on a Rodrigo. Wow. <laughs> Hold on. It's interesting that you said that. Um, so at the beginning of the season, I picked Auburn to win the SEC West, Georgia to win the SEC East, and I picked Auburn to win the SEC. They go undefeated, go in the college football playoff. Um, the thing about this to me is it, it, it kind of there are four things I kind of wrote a manifesto early, early at the office and Scott's alluded to this I left it in my office so the first thing I, I keep coming back to is is we have to run from from the shotgun more it gives him more time to survey the field it it gives it doesn't really take anything away except for one play which is the flea flicker it only takes away one play uh, or one set of plays I should say um, 
we can still run the draw out there. We can still run the, the pitch. We can't run quite the jet sweep that we like to run, but we can still run a jet sweep out there. We can run a sw- sneak. We can run which, a sneak which, out which of there. perfect the other game. Which is what I'm about to say. Oh, is that we did not run enough run pass option against Auburn the first time, and I think we'll see a lot of that. We're going to take the bubble wrap off shape from this game. The second, we need to make Stidham beat us with his legs, which means we have to play disciplined in the defensive backfield. The back seven. Defensive backs, linebackers have to play disciplined. You can't over-pursue on the inside. You can't over-pursue on the outside. And you have to stick with those receivers. That also means the defensive line has to step up. Defensive line has to step up. They have to gap fill. They have to set the corners, set the edges, and make sure we're in a situation where if Stidham's running, he's running for his life. Second, don't act like we have arrived. We have not (laughs) arrived. We act like we arrived from the start of that game. Again, Auburn and it paid dividends for Auburn. We looked like we were there. We had not been there. We had to play within ourselves. That means each player has to step back and say, it can't be about me. It's about the team. We can't have silly penalties. We can't do crazy stuff. We can't get overhyped. Approach it as a business decision, a business trip, like we did tech, like we did every other game of the season, including Notre Dame, except for the Auburn game. And lastly, we got a coach to win, not coach to not lose. Um, we have to make adjustments. If trying to run the ball at the middle is not going to work, do something different. Don't slovenly stick to run the ball at the middle. Don't slovenly stick to, stick to the run game. We are playing for an SEC championship. We can't be afraid of failing by trying something different. Um, what I'm ultimately persuaded by is that uh, you know, we talk about Maker's Mark. is It's not officially a verb. We talk about Maker's Mark a lot. Y'all. I like the way this is going. Maker's Mark is not sealed with orange wax. It is sealed with red wax. <laughs> okay. Rodrigo Blankenship is going to make up for the miss at the end of the first half. He's going to kick a game-winning field goal. Georgia 30, Auburn 27. By the way, I have to give Chris Burnett, Bernie Dog, credit for the Maker's Mark thing. He, he actually posted that on my Twitter earlier. But I'm persuaded. You're never going to believe it, guys, but a Georgia podcast all picked Georgia to win the SEC Championship game. Well, hey, hey, look, we both picked Notre Dame to win. Oh, yeah. And, and I, you I, picked I, Auburn to win. I picked Auburn to win. Somebody out there with a connection to the athletic department, get Tony a sideline or, or locker room pass and let him give the speech right. before they that went great, out there. Right? That, was, that was like Gene Hackman. That was Hoosiers. downright sermon. Yeah, he was like... Are we going to start clapping? We're going to start clapping? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, look... At least two of us are going there. God willing, the creek don't rise. God will be there. It's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. I, can't, I mean, it's funny. I was talking. You were there in 12. I wasn't there in 12. Okay. This, I was in New York in 12. Oh, you're in New York in 12. Were you there in 12? I was at a bar in Buckhead. It will be my fourth SEC championship game. And let me tell you something, guys. There is nothing like walking out of the stadium with a win. <laughs> nothing like walking. Oh, I'm sorry. It's my third SEC. I went to the Splendid Bowl. Don't tell people. <laughs> It is. This is it, guys. Like this is season three of this podcast, and I think this is what it, it's possible. This is, is this what, is this peak WSLS podcast. Well, fine, well, I think this show is. Well, I mean, I mean, so I mean, well, there's a reason why we didn't we didn't do a live show. Yeah, right. No, you're right. We could not do a live show. We need I mean, we need. Yeah, we need to do the show. We need to be on our vibe. We need to not have our pants on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and what I'm hoping is in a week and a half, we're like. 
Wow, we were so excited about the SEC championship game. Why? Now we've got Miami in the playoff. Why are Damn. we so excited about Damn. that game? Let's cross that bridge when we come to it. Yeah, Burn, so, it. So, Burn it to the ground. Yeah, next next week what we'll do is we'll talk about some uh, <clears throat> podcast reviews. We'll do bowl projections for all the other teams. That'll be fun. We'll talk about uniforms. Well, we can't do bowl projections. They'll, they'll be out. The, bowl, the bowls will be out. We're not going to do bowl projections because they'll be <laughs> we'll out. Be out. Yes, they'll they will be out. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So that sucks because I, I always enjoy bowl projections. Well, yeah. so 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 it'll let me be, add, let me it'll, it'll be enormously cathartic, or we will be yeah. enormous braggarts. So just off the top of your head, where do you think some other SEC teams will go before we end this podcast? Where do you think some? Just throw it out there. What kind of bowl lineups well, or matchups do you see? Well, Tennessee and Florida stay at home. Yes, I've heard know. that. I've heard that. Who's going to go to Cotton? I don't care. Oh, that, is that Not a, Tennessee and Florida. Six? Um, so that's one of the New Year's Six Bowls. Um, there is a likelihood that Alabama, if they don't make the playoffs, goes there. Okay. Uh, they also could go to the Orange. God, if they don't make the playoff, we are never, they're, we're never going to hear the end of it from them. Like, they're going to talk. I can't wait. Oh, they're never going to hear the end of it. They need to be put in their place, don't they? Okay. Kind of, sort of. Yes. So who goes to Citrus? Who goes to Outback? Um, so Citrus Bowl is probably LSU. Um, the Six Pack Bowl is a combination of South Carolina, uh, Mississippi State. I got to do the math. Without a coach. Whatever. Um, Kentucky, right? Um, yeah, who am I missing? Missouri. Missouri. Uh, six and six. Texas A&M. And I'm... You got the play. You got the teams in front. Well, of South Carolina is in. South yeah, South Carolina. Yeah, I said South Carolina. Yeah, sorry. Um, so I'm looking at Jerry Palm's bowl predictions right now. He goes under the assumption of here's his playoff. By the way, his playoff is Clemson versus Wisconsin and Oklahoma against Georgia. So Georgia's uh, never played Oklahoma in football. That would be fun. That so that, that feels like the type that's a of playoff game. Yeah, yeah that's why he has the playoff. Is that game the Sugar Bowl? Like, oh, the Rose Bowl. I need to know if I need to make hotel reservations. <laughs> I'm guessing that would have to be Sugar Bowl. Oklahoma would rather be. No, I, Oklahoma would probably rather be in the Rose Bowl. I don't yeah, know. Oklahoma would probably rather be in. They get a pick. Yeah. And they'd so, be one. So LSU in the Citrus Bowl, right? They have, uh, let's see, they have Alabama, Miami in the Orange Bowl, which would be. Okay, that fun. makes sense. Auburn, yeah. Penn State in the, in the Cotton Bowl. Cotton Bowl, okay. Uh, Go Coats, Northwestern <laughs> against South Carolina, which will, in the Citrus Bowl, what a boring really? game that'll be. Who they have LSU playing? Uh, Michigan State in the Outback Bowl. Really? Uh, Missouri against West Virginia in the Liberty Bowl. Okay. Mississippi State against Virginia Tech in the Tax Slayer Bowl. Jacksonville is so woke. Uh, Kentucky against Purdue. That'll be an exciting Whoa. game. Hold on, wait, let me guess. Bowl. Music City. Yes. Music City. <laughs> Belk Bowl is Wake Forest against Texas A&M. Oh. And is that all the SEC teams? We're missing one. Hold on. Looks Who like are we missing? All, it looks like it's all. That's all that's eligible. And um, in the Camilla Bowl, Central Michigan against your own Georgia State Panthers. So. A&M. Ole Miss can't go. That's right. You're right. Oh, yeah, my gosh. That'd be it. it. One, two, three. little four, note there. You mentioned Belk Bowl that, that jogged my memory. Yeah. A couple weeks ago, I shot a commercial with a production crew out of Austin, and they were filming for a Belk Bowl promotion. So if, if any of y'all happen to see a shot of a cute little seven-year-old girl climbing a fence uh, looking out onto a pasture that was shot right down here, 
Uh, that was wearing, she, she was that was Vivian. That was my nice. daughter. She's wearing butterfly wings, and then there is a nine year old that's acting like he doesn't know how to ride a bike, and there's a very proud dad kind of holding the back of the bike and cheering for him. It's Paul Feinbaum. That's me. Oh, that's me. And Walker. My second guess. And Walker's ridden a bike for four years, so he was like, "I know how to ride a bike, Dad." I'm like, "Just act like you don't know awesome. how to ride a bike." So, um, so yeah, if you happen to see a belt bowl advertisement, I don't know if it'll be on, but uh, that's uh, two of my kids. Well, um, I, I can tell this has been a really fun show because none of us want to leave. We don't want to leave. That's exactly <laughs> right. It's like they won't turn the lights out, or we have to go. What other stories? I mean, we, we're no. We're we really, should go. We need. We need we're to about finish. four minutes away from our all-time longest show. I know, but to me, that's all. Like this has been a jam-packed show yeah. full of important stuff. So, all twelve of you still listening? Thank you. No, I think we actually may have held on to people for this one. Uh, not maybe not once we talked about the Belk Bowl commercial. The, um, I can't wait to see it. It's um, probably amazing, <laughs> but. Um, Guys, this is it. Serious business. Scott, I really please, you're going to know on Wednesday whether you're whether you're with us or whether you're not. I will know. Yeah, cuz I mean, I was told by the athletic department that tickets that we tried to put in for, you know, season ticket holders will be let will will know on Wednesday. Okay. So. Cool. All right, guys. But I'm there. My my tickets have arrived. They are very they're very sturdy tickets. They're very like they're they're, they're the Glengarry lead tickets. Nice. So, um I can't wait, guys. All right, go dogs. Go dogs. And thanks so much for listening, and thanks a lot for sticking around for this extra long episode. Feel free to send us your thoughts, questions, comments about this episode or the game or the lead up to the game, really anything. The three of us are very interactive, and it's you, the listener, who helps drive the narrative for us. You can tweet our show at WSLS Podcast. For those of you who have left us iTunes reviews, we greatly appreciate it. Don't worry. We will get to them. We're going to read them probably next week or the week after. But if you haven't left us an iTunes review, you can just head on over there to iTunes where you can subscribe, rate, and review our show. You can also review us on SoundCloud or at least leave a comment. So good luck to the dogs this weekend. Safe travels to all of y'all going to the game. And happy tailgating to everyone who is going down to Mercedes-Benz Stadium. We will see you in Atlanta on Saturday. And as always, go dogs. Go dogs.